it's time to take the quiz. Five questions, five minutes a day, five days a week. Take the quiz every weekday at thequiz.fox and then listen to the quiz podcast to find out how you did. Play, share, and of course, listen to the quiz at thequiz.fox. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, yes, it is. Here we go. Here we go. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world, broadcasting from the tippy top of the world-famous Fox News headquarters in New York City. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, a man who did not leave cocaine in the White House. Wow, what a week off for me. But Corrine Jean-Pierre telling reporters they don't know whose coke it is. Come on, don't bullshit me. I have no idea, but we're going to talk about the White House reboot of Whose Line Is It Anyway with Bill Hemmer, co-host of America's Newsroom, Ohio Representative Jim Jordan in the House as well. And we will also take your calls, text, tweets, and carrier pigeons. Hell, send a smoke signal if Elizabeth Warren happens to be listening. We don't care. Everybody's welcome. It is an all-skate. 888-788-9910. If you want to be a part of my first day back on the show, where you can, of course, be a Republican, be a Democrat, just don't be a There it is. Happy Monday. The champ is back in action. Uh, if you came out to see us in Holland, Michigan over the weekend, uh, just absolutely amazing night. Uh, shout out to Tudor Dixon and, uh, of course, Tudor Dixon's mom. Hubba, hubba. Hey, girl. Uh, we had a fun time hanging out in the green room after the show. Uh, Kennedy and I, it was a blast. You guys absolutely slammed the place. Meet and greet was hilarious. The Q&A was, I got to be honest, it's a little debauched. We went to some pretty dark places. It was pretty funny. Uh, but I am happy to report that uh, 10 flight delays and 700 miles of driving later, we have made it back to New York. What the hell did you just say? True story. Everybody yesterday got grounded on the East Coast. We were trying to fly back from Chicago yesterday, and uh, our flight took off on time, was ultimately diverted back to Cleveland because of what we were told was bad weather in New York. That is a fact check false. I only know it was a fact check false because Jenny and Lincoln were waiting to pick me up at the airport with the top off the Bronco. And I texted them to say, hey, they're diverting our flight because apparently there's bad weather on the ground in New York. And Jenny was like, wait, what? We're sitting here with no roof on the car. So there was something going on uh, at the, you know, FAA is all I can tell you. We were diverted to Cleveland, at which point we were forced to drive home. Why? Because our flight was delayed 10 frickin' times. So a shout-out to our transportation secretary, wherever he is. Pete Booty Judge is pathetic. He ever. Uh, but what I can say is uh, we're back, and we're happy to be here. It was a great week off. We had a wild time in St. Louis. If you saw the Fela family in Bush Stadium last week, uh, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday. Thanks for hanging out. It was really rowdy. Uh, we got pretty tanked at the Yankee Cardinals games, did a lot of heckling, uh, got heckled a lot by the Fox fans and kind of returned some fire along the way, took about three million selfies and ate half of the stadium. It was actually, the intake was disgusting. You're killing yourself the way you eat, you fat f- Look at you. No, it was bad. Uh, I was back in New York Tuesday night to host the 4th of July with Johnny Joey Jones and Carly Shimkus and Aisha Hosni. Uh, but that capped off the vacation eating stampede. After Tuesday, I had to pull my life back together because I broke a family record. I spent $64 
at a McDonald's drive-thru Tuesday night after the 4th of July special and mowed down. Uh, the grand total was six cheeseburgers, uh, two large fries, a 20-piece McNugget, and two milkshakes is my intake on <laughs> Tuesday night. That boy is a P.I.G. pig. Maybe so, uh, but we slammed on the brakes as of Wednesday, and now I'm back to regular protocol here at Fox where they've got the guy that walks me around and knocks the food out of my hands every time I go to eat it. Put that cookie down now! But for all of the vices of your favorite radio host, Jimmy Fallon, you know, I've been known to drink some whiskey from time to time, smoke a cigar, nothing too crazy. Uh, the one thing I could tell you is never a cocaine guy. This wasn't a thing. I'm a naturally peppy person. I talk too much as it is. And cocaine and I just never would have gotten along. That would have been the issue. I'd be, bah, 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 bah. I'd never shut up. Okay, I don't shut up now. Okay, but it was never a thing. I was never a cocaine guy. But apparently somebody, somebody in the White House is. Okay, and here we are nearly a week removed from the discovery of cocaine in the Oval Office. And they're trying to tell us with a straight face that we don't know whose cocaine it was. We really are being laughed at and scoffed at throughout the world. They just, they're not respecting our country the way they used to. And how could they? Okay, this is so embarrassing. Okay, first of all, we have a white trash president right now. He's a white trash president. Straight up, he is a white trash president. The Bidens have seven grandkids, seven grandkids. Every time Joe Biden speaks in public, he says he only has six. Now, why is he doing that? Because they do not acknowledge Hunter's baby. Hunter had a baby. He is paying child support, but she knows she is the granddaughter of the president of the United States. But Joe and Jill Biden have chosen not to acknowledge this girl's existence and let her be a part of their family. It's people with a dirty mind that think like that. Yo, that's actually like white trash stuff. It's not terribly uncommon in this day and age for people to have children out of wedlock. But if you're going to be the president of the United States and you're going to get up to the microphone as he does whenever he's pushing some type of, you know, woke uh, transgender identity politics initiative where Biden says what? They're all our kids. Biden says that all the time. They're all our kids. No, they're not. Shut your face. Okay, but how in one breath can you say they're all our kids, but in another breath say, well, all of them except this grandkid who happens to be my blood relative, her I don't acknowledge. Garbage like you just makes me sick. Straight garbage. Okay, and not only will they not acknowledge Hunter's grandkid, which is straight, it's white trash. Okay, I'm just telling you this because I care. Uh, if you have a kid out of wedlock, your responsibility is to acknowledge and support the kid and let it be a part of your family. Okay, this kid's going to grow up with a lot of adversity as it is. The child was born to a stripper who happens to be a college graduate who played college basketball and is a very well-rounded woman. The only lapse in judgment she's ever shown, so far as I know, is in sleeping with Hunter Biden. Hunter's a dirtbag. But the point is, the Bidens shun this grandkid. It's just white trash stuff. Okay, you have a responsibility to that kid to help it and provide it and give it the most normal and supportive uproot, uh, you know, upbringing you can. When you see the Bidens bragging, ah, oh, we hang up six stockings for the grandkids in the White House and a seventh one for the dog. How do you think it makes that little girl sitting at home feel knowing she's a grandkid and they just won't talk to her like that is white trash. It's garbage. OK, 
But you start there because that is a garbage Jerry Springer move. Hunter Biden, who is having an affair with his brother's widow, knocks up a hooker on the side, and now they won't talk to the baby. That's a Jerry Springer episode before you even get the cocaine involved. Okay, but as it pertains to the cocaine, here is Corrine Jean-Pierre speaking and telling the press they're irresponsible to even be asking such a question. Clip one. You know, there has been some irresponsible reporting uh, about the family. And uh, and so I got to call that out here. And I have been very clear. I was clear uh, two days ago when talking about this over and over again as I was being asked a question. As you know, and media outlets reported this, the Biden family was not here. They were not here. They were at Camp David. They were not here Friday. They were not here Saturday. They were not here Sunday. They were not even here Monday. They came back on Tuesday. So to ask that question is actually incredibly irresponsible. And and um, I'll just leave it there. Straight clown. Just a straight clown. Like put on a pair of size 25 shoes. A straight clown. Okay. And let me explain why. And this is important. Okay. The idea. Well, you know, couldn't have been them. Could have been them. Okay. There's no way it was them because they weren't here when it was found. Oh, oh, I get it. So you'd have to be there the day it was found for to actually be yours. Dude, I got a phone call this morning. Okay. From my hotel that I stayed at in St. Louis last week. Last week. I checked out Monday. Okay. Left a set of headphones there. So why are you supposed to tip the maid? Because if you leave stuff behind, sometimes they do bring it to the lost and found. So 20 bucks left behind for the maid got me back a pair of Beats by Dre that cost me 300 bucks. Okay, I got a call from the reputable hotel chain. We stayed at the Meridian in St. Louis. And they're like, hey, you left your headphones behind. You know when I left them there? When I checked out last Monday. Okay, they found them when they were cleaning the room. After I left the room, I get them back a week later. Meaning if there is cocaine in the White House and say you find it on Wednesday, it doesn't mean it couldn't have been left there Tuesday. I think he's got a point. Or maybe even Monday if we're going to get tacked. Oh, the day before for all we know. But the point is, if the White House knew this was someone besides Hunter's, They would have told us by now. Correct the mundo. And why do I say they would have told us by now? Because they could find out immediately. It is the most secure location in the world if you wanted to start there. But if you just wanted to take it uh, a step further, okay, understand that when it comes to crimes and everything in between, they can get fingerprints off the bag in terms of who it belongs to. There are cameras all over the White House, so we'd know who was in the room. We'd have video footage of whoever left it there. So if it was somebody besides Hunter, if it wasn't a member of the family, if it wasn't an embarrassing story for the family, why wouldn't they just come out and tell you who it was? Okay, because understand, between the cameras and the fingerprints, there's also a third item here called a cell phone. And they can ping everybody's cell phone off of the tower at the White House and tell you within three feet of that bag who entered that room with their cell phones prior to it being found there. Do you understand? So when they say to you, ah, we don't know who it is. We're trying to figure it out. You are so full of shit. Okay, they know whose it is. They're just trying to reconfigure this story in a way that doesn't reflect so horribly on them. And what I'm actually amazed at Okay, because, again, we've we've answered questions. It's irresponsible 
uh, Andrew Bates, a dirtbag, the deputy press secretary, was on Air Force One. He invoked the Hatch Act. Listen to this one, clip two. Former President Trump has made some pretty wild posts uh, recently on social media. Uh, one of them was that uh, the cocaine found in the White House was had belonged to either the president or his son. Are you willing to say that that's not the case, that they don't belong to them? I don't have a response to that because we have to be careful about the Hatch Act. What I will say is that I have noticed there does seem to be some increasing frustration coming from that corner in general. And I think it is probably rooted in the contrast between their substantive policy records. Don't change the subject. Just answer the f***ing question. <laughs> he ain't answering that question. Now the Hatch Act. Uh, you know, the right, they're upset. I mean, you look at Biden's policy record. Biden's policy record has nothing to do with whether or not there's cocaine in the White House. But I got to be honest with you. If you think Biden's policy record is good, you're probably doing more cocaine than whoever left that baggie behind. Okay, but this is embarrassing. We were told, no, no, these are the folks that are going to they're going to restore dignity. They're going to bring back honor and normalcy to the Oval Office. Wrong. Dude, they've brought back a disavowed grandchild, straight Jerry Springer stuff. Okay, and they've brought back a mystery bag of cocaine. And they don't want to acknowledge their own responsibility, their own culpability. The excuse is, well, it couldn't have been them. They were away. Oh, because clearly you couldn't have left it behind the day before, the day before that, the day before that. You can't tell me security is too too tight for that to have happened. And the reason I know that is why. Because the cocaine got in the White House to begin with. Oh, wow. Do you understand? Everyone going into the White House is checked. If you're coming in to cover the White House, you know what they do? They send you through a detector and you get sniffed by dogs every single time you walk into the White House. Hey, you're a press reporter. You got a press credential. Come on down. We just need you to walk through this metal detector. There you go. And now give a second to the dog. You know who doesn't go through the metal detector and get shaken down by the dogs? The Biden family. They're the only ones that could have got it in. Now, I don't doubt that we're going to get some kind of a story at some point or they're just going to hope it goes away because the media isn't touching this thing. It's so embarrassing. Are you going to tell me if there was a world where someone found cocaine in the Trump White House, we weren't going to be all over this? Oh, my biggest story in the world. The media flipped out because Donald Trump was drinking Diet Coke in the White House. <laughs> like, what's with all the Diet Coke? Can you believe this? Apparently, they just preferred original recipe. And I do mean original recipe. Okay, but why don't Biden just come out and own this is what I'm trying to say. Because if you're willing to shun your own grandkid in public, you're clearly not embarrassed by anything.
Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We'll be right back. Hey, folks, it's your man, Keyshawn Johnson, here to talk about Angie, formerly known as Angie's List, your go to home services, marketplace for getting all your jobs done well. Now, you might be wondering, what exactly is Angie? Well, let me tell you it's the nation's largest home services marketplace, connecting over 150 million homeowners with skilled professionals to tackle any project, big or small. As a homeowner myself, I always have things I want to work on for my house, whether it's general home renovations or fun projects like putting in a pool. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it a breeze to research, compare, and hire pros, ensuring every job is done well. Whether you're fixing a leaky faucet or planning a full kitchen renovation, Angie's got your back. And get this, folks. Angie's pros aren't just any old contractors. They're your neighbors, often running small businesses right in your community. Plus, they've been rated and reviewed by others in your area. So you know you're getting quality service. So why stress over home projects when you can turn to Angie? From finding the best price to scheduling a pro at your convenience, Angie's got you covered every step of the way. So get started today at Angie.com. That's Angie.com or download the app today to get started on getting all your jobs done. That's Angie, your trusted ally in home services. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. We've got Jim Jordan right around the corner, Uh, but we're getting you up to speed. I was away. I was on vacation. A few days off, we were in St. Louis, we went out to Holland, Michigan, told a bunch of jokes. Uh, we were following the news of the world. We just didn't have to opine on any of them. But Chuck Todd yesterday on Meet the Press, uh, going to great lengths to explain why he is the outgoing host of Meet the Press. Uh, he will be replaced uh, at the end of the summer, and for good reason. It's just a straight circus clown. Here is Chuck Todd. Uh, who not only defended Biden on the dissing the grandkid thing, which is white trash, uh, but here is Chuck Todd talking about the cocaine story, clip four. I think we've all understand the personal challenge and, and, and concern and all of these things that the, that, the, that the president has here. But his political foes are, see this and they're trying to exploit. They're try- I mean, it is no doubt every day DeSantis or, or, or Trump tries to use Hunter to beat up Biden. That was embarrassing. Oh, my. I mean, seriously. Okay, why are they going after Hunter? Okay, why do they keep bringing the story up? Not because, okay, we're mad at someone who's addicted. Everyone knows somebody who's addicted. Okay, Donald Trump had a brother who died of addiction. He talks about it all the time. It's the reason he doesn't drink or do drugs. Okay, our issues with Hunter Biden are not that he's a drug addict. Our issues with Hunter Biden is that he is according to his own emails and business partners, selling interest in our government through his father. Bingo. That's the issue. We're not using Hunter to beat up on Joe, okay? We're beating up on Joe because he was involved in Hunter's business affairs. He knows what he's talking about. And he lied to us at every turn. The reason Hunter comes up is because the biggest election interference in the history of this country— was the DOJ, was the 
intelligence community stifling the Hunter Biden laptop story and denying us the right to talk about it in the run-up to the election, a story that they themselves had verified as being true the previous year, according to the FBI whistleblower. We're going to be talking to Jim Jordan about that a little bit later. So this isn't a story of whether or not Hunter Biden's a dirtbag. We know that. The story is whether or not that dirtbag was making millions of dollars for his father through our government. Are you the big man, Joe? The emails say they are, Chuck Clown, you dirtbag. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon, not a victim of love, as Don Henley might say, uh, but a victim of flight delays, 10 of them yesterday, uh, before we actually rented a rental car and just beat United back to New York. Oh, my. A 478-mile drive home from the home state of this next guest, the co-host of America's Newsroom, Ohio's own Bill Hemmer in the house. Hey, man. Hello, sir. How are you doing? Uh, Better now. So So I was on a 3 o'clock out of Cincinnati yesterday, and I said, you know what? I really think I need to take the first plane out of here. Yep. And I got the last seat on the 810 AM. And you made it home, right? And I'm glad I did. <laughs> everyone, in True this story. Building, everyone in this building has a story. I've heard five of them in the elevator banks today. Uh-huh. But let me tell you mine then because it's fantastic. Yeah, go. Saturday night we're in Holland, Michigan. Yes. Wild night. Just Woo. a great crowd. Cool. Excellent after party in the green room. Everybody's in good spirits. But the deal is Holland is up along Lake Michigan, a little bit off the grid. You're not, your closest regional airport is Grand Rapids. But Grand Rapids doesn't have a direct flight home. So what did we do? We flew in and out of Chicago. We flew out of O'Hare. Yes. Okay. So we had about a 180-mile drive back to O'Hare yesterday at 4.30 in the morning. 180. Which is always, yeah. yeah. Which, which is always great after a night of partying in the green room. Yeah, yeah. What Let's you want is a 4.30 drive, call time. Here yeah. we go. So it's Kennedy and I, and we bang out 180 miles in a flat two hours. Because there's no one on the road. That's good. We're in a Dodge Challenger, yeah. and I've, it's just cruising at 100. You don't even feel the speed. You're the only guy on the road. So we get to, we you know, waltz into O'Hare, get a drink in the United Club. Kennedy's all fancy. Plane takes off on time. It's only an hour and 10 minutes in the air back to New York. Yes. We get 45 minutes of the way there, and the pilot comes on, and he's like, hey, you know, we got a little thunderstorm heading up towards New York. They're putting us into a holding pattern for 45 minutes, at which point I text my ride back in New York, uh, which happens to be my family waiting for me in my Bronco with uh-huh. the roof off because it's gorgeous out. Yes. The Yankees are getting ready to take the field. The uh-huh. point is, the weather's fine in New York. Right. Okay, it's, not, it's not a weather issue. The Yankees are on the field. Uh-huh. Jenny and Lincoln are at the Aeropuerto uh-huh. looking good. They got sunscreen on. It's yes. a sunny day in New York. That being said, we're in a hold now for 45, at which point the pilot comes on. Shortly after announcing the hold, it says, we apologize. We're the victims of some bad math out up here. Uh, but given the short nature of this flight, we didn't make enough fuel to, ta- to hold for 45. We're making an emergency landing in western Pennsylvania. So, like, all right, what are you going to do? we got to take this pu- puppy down, and that's the way it's going to yeah. go. So I text the family a heads up. We come down 20 minutes later. He welcomes us all to Hopkins International in Cleveland. And everybody on the plane is like, Cleveland? What's going on in Cleveland? It moved. Yeah. <laughs> so somewhere between Pittsburgh, here we come, yes. and the ground, Cleveland happens. Uh-huh. So there we are in Cleveland. Now, I knew what you knew. Once you start to see massive delays at a big hub, you're going to see a Lord of the Flies scenario at the rental car counter where everyone's going to try to get out of there. So as we're touching down in Cleveland, I am on that Enterprise website Uh procuring a car. Very good. We don't even have a gate yet, and I have a car lined up. Wow. So without even waiting to see what the status was going to be, because you know what these days become. Yes. We got in a rental and drove home. Now, in the 
in the course of driving home on Route 80, okay, which I did yeah. 478 miles. I think you can make that in seven hours. Yeah, I did a little under seven, a little okay. under seven. Um, a lot of rain towards the end. But in the course of driving home, obviously United is texting you updates on your flight. They launched, they announced 10 different takeoff times before finally canceling the flight at 10 p.m. last night. No kidding. Yeah. So it was like, ah, right, well, sorry, but we're going to leave at 115 now. All right, oh, that didn't happen. Gosh. We'll see you at 3. So right. you came back to Cleveland at noon? I left Cleveland at noon. Uh-huh. A little afternoon, like 1 o'clock, actually, like 1 on the nose. Wow, you were a victim. Anyway, there you go. But uh, but we got it done. Uh, the point is we got it done. And so lo- good. You and Kennedy? Yeah, we all. It was a great Never been trip. so close, have no, you? No, it, <laughs> it was a great Yeah, we got we covered a lot. Nice. We, uh, no, no, we had, we had a great time. We have good uh, car chemistry, which is a big deal. Uh, yeah. Like on tour. Because uh-huh. you don't shut up. You don't feel the drive because you talk, you laugh, you yeah. work through it. And one of the subjects we got into are mm-hmm. uh, your Cincinnati Reds. Oh. Riding high. Really? What does Kennedy know about the Cincinnati Reds? She just knows a lot about sports. So Dig I was it. talking about the vibe in Cincinnati being really good because I flew in there two weeks ago mm-hmm. to go to Lexington, Kentucky. Yes. And uh, De La Cruz and, you know, Ellie, looking good, man. Ellie De La Cruz. Things, things are looking good as we roll into the All-Star uh-huh. break. You must be feeling good. Feel pretty First good. Should have won the game yesterday. Should have won. Seven out of your last uh, ten. You're right on that. I think 21 of the last 25, wow. I think. So wow. I, don't, I took my brother to a game against the Yankees in mm-hmm. Cincinnati third weekend in May. Mm-hmm. I could identify two guys on the field. I was like, this team stinks, <laughs> and they're all small. Yeah. And it all changed two weeks later. Yep. So we caught the old Reds, and now they're the new Reds. And the new Reds are 21 years old. Yeah. Because on some days, they've got five rookies in the lineup, and that's a lot of fun to see. But they really— And they're never out of it. They caught lightning in a bottle, man. This is a right. hot happening So let team. me tell you what happened yep. on that. Mm-hmm. They're taking all their all-stars, and they're trading them away every year. Yep. Trading them away. Mm-hmm. Oh, we got prospects. <laughs> Trading them, we got prospects. Well, here are the prospects. They showed up. And apparently they got more, and there's no room for them to play. Whoa. So that's a good problem to have, Jimmy. How about it? Bill Hammer in studio, riding high. Not as high as whoever's leaving cocaine in the White House. <laughs> that's called a transition, kids. <laughs> that's called a segue. Bang. Well, there it is. So, so they say they're gonna, they are, the investigation is going to be wrapped up by today. They, oh. they knew this last <laughs> week. You would know it. Right? Of course. This is the craziest one in the world to me. Now, obviously, whosoever it is, okay, whosoever it is, people have their suspicions, let's be clear, uh-huh. okay, they would, if it was somebody that they didn't have to care about, would have outed whoever it yeah. was yes. a long time ago. Yes. Because this is a very easy thing to do yes. between the cameras, the cell The phone other thing, though, is that this White House has a tendency to allow the water to run under the yes. dam. And let it go and not look back because mm-hmm. most of the media are looking at other things by then. Of course. And outside of here, there's not a lot of people that are going to call them on their stuff. No. All and- right? But my prediction is that I think whoever had it, if they're an employee, they're already gone. Yeah, they had to, they'd had they have to have been gone by yeah. now. Um, but from what we know of the area, not a typical area for people to get in without getting yeah. searched mm-hmm. is another point. Yeah. Dogs like to sniff you over when you go to the White House. There's a couple yeah. of metal detectors involved. Yeah. It's only a handful of people that don't get sniffed on the way to the White House, a lot of them live there, as a matter of fact. Oh, my God. <laughs> so uh, I, I have my suspicions on where this is headed, but there's no way if it comes to that it would be pinned on a member of but the family. But you would be so insulting if you suggested that it was a member of the first family. <laughs> How dare you? You heard what KJP said. Yeah. She said that question irresponsible. is irresponsible. <laughs> I already told you where they were. But this is where they're blowing it because they could. So to speak. They, well, yeah, <laughs> there it is. That was a, I'm That's so right. good they just come out So now. many of you. They got just come out. You got out. nothing but lines. Who knew? Uh, <laughs> so the point is, 
they could have almost made this an empathetic situation if it happened, if if they had to if they knew it was the kids they could have just said it was his and you know he's battling with something we all go through this and I think they would have garnered more, garnered more sympathy. But the idea that they're doing this Stonewall dance and they're probably just going to fire some staffer who didn't oh, even wow. do it. Yeah. Whoa. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Oh. You, I'm sorry. You're going down a hole that I did not consider. Yeah. I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with the family. No, no, I know. I think it's either a low-level staffer. staffer yeah. who... But if it was someone in the family and they knew that, yeah. they could turn this into a sympathetic thing. Because I think people have a lot of sympathy for addiction, is all I'm trying to say. If you're suggesting that yes. it's Hunter's, yeah. and I'm not saying it no, is. No, I know you're not. Of course Because I don't think it is, because no. I think he'd be really, really stupid. Yeah, well, he's... Beyond you know. stupid. Well, here's the thing. I've seen some lapses in judgment from this family as a whole. Okay, and I'm not even talking about Afghanistan. I'm talking about guys, you know, reared in a in a very supportive family. Mm-hmm. The grandkid thing. Chuck Todd tried to defend that yesterday. He's like, ah, oh, look at the Republicans giving him a hard time. Yeah. I got to be honest with you. I I consider that a little bit of a dirtbag move because the kid knows its grandparent you know is I the f- president. You know what I find interesting is the New York Times chose to write about that twice in eight days. Yeah. In a really thoughtful way, too. Maureen mm-hmm. Dowd over the yep. weekend. Mm-hmm. And then the report they did the, the July 4th weekend mm-hmm. um, from Batesville, Arkansas. Yep. It's a very thoughtful piece. Yeah. It's out. No, there's there's some acknowledgement of it. Yeah. But I'd like to, you know, in terms of the president and the first lady and the idea that they go on TV and kind of fancy themselves as the grandparent presidency. Six stockings by the fireplace plus one for the dog. There's a little kid in Arkansas who's supposed to be a seventh or eighth stocking. You're right about that. And I I don't think it's a good look. I think there's a reason why the Times chose to do what they did twice Mm -hmm. in eight days. I think there's a reason why Fareed Zakaria asked the question that he did about age. Mm -hmm. There are more and more people on the left that don't. That want him to give it up. Bingo. And it's it's July. Yeah. You've got this a, is the window. You, this is the, the this the, is LBJ the, time. The, the window could be early. Yeah. Early fall. Yep. So you set yourself up for a for a, a September October. I don't think he's going to give up. I don't think he wants right? to. Not no chance. And the idea that this Axio, Axios piece surfaced today about him being a little temperamental, a little rough on the staff. Which one was that? Uh, so Axios had basically had a piece, you know, framing him as old man yeller, mm. saying he was yelling and screaming oh at gosh. the staffers and everything in between. Uh, it would seem, it would seem that there is certainly a growing appetite within the party. Yeah, and maybe on. at some point he concedes, but uh, I mean, based on what I think I've known and mm-hmm. learned about him. Yeah. The more you do that, the more he's going to get his back up. It's going to harden the position. Bill Hemmer is in studio, and we're assessing a wild time in the country. We've got cocaine in the White House. We've got a Jerry Springer situation involving a grandchild. we got Fela back in the building. Up is down, down is up. As I like to say, reentry is never easy. (laughs) Is it? I always tell people, if you want to make it in talk radio, it's like horse racing. You know how they say you have to be a mutter uh-huh. To make it in horse racing, you got to yes. be able to run on a sloppy track. Yes, you do. The track is sloppy every day in talk radio since my show launched in 2020. It launched March 9th of 2020. Five days in, we got a pandemic. Then we've got that contentious summer of rioting and unrest. You are a mutter as <laughs> defined. <laughs> Thankfully, things calmed down with that year's election. That didn't get too crazy. Yeah. <laughs> It's been all smooth sailing yes. from there, Hammer. Right. Welcome home, bro. I don't know how we knew it. Uh, so one more, and yeah. I'll ask you this. Yes, sir. Uh, let's cross the aisle to the Republican You want to talk party. about Ellie Cruz? Or no, no, we'll we, get we're there. done with him? No, no, we'll get there. Can okay. I just say with this? Yeah. He's 21. He's mm-hmm. a switch hitter. He plays shortstop, but their shortstop's so good he has to play third base. Think about that. You know what they've clocked his throws to first base at? Oh, is it nuts? 94.1 miles an hour. Stop it. His throws 
to first base. He should be continue. a yeah. And he's 6'5". Well, in his fifth day in the majors, he said, I'm the fastest man on earth. It's, and yesterday he stole second, third, and home. On two pitches. In 37 <laughs> seconds. It's a shame he's not a Yankee because our third basemen's pitch a lot. Uh-huh. We've had a lot of positional players take the mound this year. Got it. Okay, you got one more I'm thing. so excited. Yes, on the Republican side of the aisle. Yes, sir. Obviously a lot of polling, a lot of reaction to polling. But does none of this matter till they debate in August? Um, depends on who's on the stage. And by that, I mean, the big man's got to be there. Um, and I, I I hope he does. Mm -hmm. Uh, It'd be good for Fox. (laughs) Hey, (laughs) right. Little ratings. Good good for the audience. I think he should. I don't know if he will. Yeah. Um, I, the others have committed. So Mm -hmm. either, either way, you're going to have a good exchange of ideas that night, but I think Trump needs to be there. Yeah. And I, I just think the voters would benefit from having that ability to contrast Mm -hmm. all of them, you know, together. So I'm excited to watch that though. Because for yeah. me, that's when it really starts. I know they gave out a group on, and we have 700 people running. But it's like it's like Mike Tyson, you know. Mike, but they're yeah. not going to be up there. No, no. I, most of them aren't they, I mean, they learned their lesson from yeah. 2015, summer of. But it is funny because like running for the Republican nomination is like this summer's ice bucket challenge. Do you remember when everyone <laughs> yeah. used to do that thing? You had to dump yeah. water on yourself for charity. So we had Bergam on from uh, okay. North Dakota today. First time we've ever met the man. He mm-hmm. came to the studio. I. Impressive guy. He had a lot to say. He's worked in private business. He's highly educated. He's worked in the public sector. Mm-hmm. He's, he comes from an energy state. Well, there's a thing. The Republicans have a very winnable election if they can talk policy. I think the idea battle favors them. I think the condition of the country favors them. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a lot of intangibles that could take this race in other directions that would make it harder for them to win. So it's going to be interesting, and I'm really excited to watch the debates. Not as excited as I am to watch your Reds. This matters, and I'm going back to Ohio in two weeks. I'll Whoa. St. Mary's, baby. I'll be Hot back in St. Mary's, Ohio. It. Look at you. That's a, we're sold out at the Grand Opera House. But I'm doing my show live Friday down in Dayton from WHIO. Uh-huh. Nick Roberts and the gang. Yes. They're going to get the deluxe. The HIO, is that Channel 7? Ooh. A little further. No, no, it's, it's radio. It's radio. Yeah. It's not the TV side. But there is a TV side. Yeah, HIO. of course there is. Yeah, of course. There's Look no good living down there. No, Hammer, we can talk about it. Colors. Uh, no, all good. So I'll be in your hood. Uh, it's July 29th. So if anybody listening couldn't get tickets because it is sold out, uh, there's going to be a full access meet and greet. I meet everybody at the show. Uh-huh. It, if I'm doing a solo date, um, we do, if it takes three hours, I'll meet everybody there. Nice. Yeah, it's a great hang. People get the pictures. They, you know, give you yeah, stuff about your jackets. You. Yeah. Does Hemmer really think this Reds thing is going to last? Yeah, yes, they ask I questions. Do. I know you're excited. Yeah, big it, time. They seem like a now team. And for me, like, I'm excited for them. This is the only other thing I'd leave you with. Yes. Bush Stadium. Have you been there? I watched games there last week. Uh, in St. Louis, yes. I have been there. Yes. Good. Really nice stadium. Pretty nice. Mm-hmm. Pretty nice. Um, you know, you're talking to a National League Central guy yeah. here, so I hate uh, the Cardinals. <laughs> uh, and I hate the Pirates. But can you give them and their due? I, I hate the Brew crew out of Milwaukee. <laughs> I don't like any. Can I give them their due? Yeah, yeah based yeah. on history, they've had great teams. Yes, and it is and a they, nice and stadium. They've given me a lot of problems over the years. <laughs> but could you appreciate on some level, as I do, being in a ballpark and anyone you talk to in any direction around you is a very knowledgeable baseball? Fan. No doubt about a thousand percent. I, yeah, on I've that. never been in a venue like that. Really, where there was no direction I couldn't go in, and somebody didn't actually yeah, have a they, very informed. They'd have take. an answer. Well, these he's he's playing because so yeah, and so yeah. happened. This guy went yes. down. You know. Yeah. You know, his high school coach was here last night. That was a nice story. <laughs> he was sitting in Section 218. I was it's like, oh, get a, out of here. It's probably a true story. It was good. <laughs> it was good. I like them. So uh, no complaints, Hammer. The champ is back in town. The Reds yeah. are flying high. This is where we find ourselves mm-hmm. as we begin this season of Fox Across America. Hey, God save the queen. <laughs> there it is. We're back after this. 
It's the show that never hits the books. I love the poorly educated. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Reachable to you, the listener, at 888-788-9910. Alex is in Brooklyn, New York. He's got a take on the White House. What's up, Alex? Hey, Jimmy. Thanks for taking the call. And it's, it's about time to come back to the, you know, to the airways. <laughs> um, I, I got, actually got two things because you, you hit on the Trump, the, the debating situation of Trump is being there or not. And I, I actually have a scoop for you because... I, yesterday, Dick Morris, he's a guy that has a show on Sunday and is a Trump advisor, and I was calling in you know, about some polls he was talking about, and right before he went to my call, he mentioned uh, that he's advising Trump not to attend the debate. So when he got to my call, I was going to tell him I think part of the democratic process is that you know, he should do the, ba- the debate and give the other opponents a chance to make a case for why you know, he's not electable and other things. But I was also telling him that I think if Trump doesn't do the debate, a good strategy for him to do would be to do a rally at the same time as the debate's going on to distract from the attention of the debate and he said to me that that's actually something that they're talking about and he said he can't really get into details but he was talking with trump they're working on some show that's going to be going opposite to the debate uh, during when the debate's going to go on so um, that might be happening uh with trump not attending the debate and he's going to go competition with it i don't think that's a good thing but about the cocaine i I wanted to say I, I think that they're going to frame somebody because they haven't come out until now with who it was. It has to be a staff member or a family member because they know who it was. They knew who it was from the beginning, and if they're saying now that they're going to tell us who it was, it's, they're not going to say it's Hunter Biden, and they're moving the evidence around. It's like they're saying, hey, it was over here, it was over there, yeah. and, and it sounds like they're setting it up to frame someone. That's what I think. I, I am with you a thousand percent. There's no world where I can believe whatever they end up telling us. They're obviously not going to tell us a family right. member, but there's no world where I'll believe it because the story's changed too many times. And this was a mm-hmm. situation. It's the White House. They know who did it within f- five minutes. OK, they could go right. look cameras, everything else. So the point is, there's been an effort going on to let this drift back out to sea and hopes people would forget about it. And most of the media has. Uh, but that coupled with the fact that if it was somebody that would not be of consequence to them, okay? They knew whose it was the day they found it is the point. And if it didn't reflect negatively on them, they would have just outed the person already. You know, if a reporter shows up with cocaine, that doesn't embarrass the White House. If a staffer shows up with cocaine, it doesn't embarrass the White House. But if someone who lives in the White House shows up with cocaine, now you got a problem. And there it is. Alex, good call. Good to be back. The party rolls on with Jim Jordan joining us in the next hour right here on the Big Bad One and Only Fox Across America. Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, girl, here we go. Here we go. Back in action for another big hour of Fox Across America with your radio buddy, Jimmy Fallon. Uh, One of my radio buddies, Jim Jordan, superstar representative from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio, is going to stop by to discuss everything going on. In this great country of ours. We have people in Washington that don't know what they're doing. That's kind of the State of the Union, if we were going to be fair. But we'll get his take on individual items, uh, including our mess of a president over in the Democratic Party. Come on, man. No, that's a true story. Joe Biden, as we speak, just landed in Lithuania uh, after meeting earlier today with Prince, uh, excuse me, he's now King Charles. He met with King Charles. Uh 
Uh, hopefully he was sitting down when they broke the news to him that the queen is no longer with us. If you remember, Biden uh, made some headlines a month ago uh, when he ended a speech by telling everybody, God save the queen. Uh, not the best look. Uh, but I think we've come to understand at this point that we have a very unique situation going on in our country. We have a president that is clearly not all there. And they seem to be noticing in the Democratic Party. Now, Biden did pick up one endorsement over the weekend from Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. AOC is a dope. For sure. Uh, But Axios writing a piece over the weekend. This is really fascinating stuff about Biden. I wanted to talk to you about this, about how he has a little bit of a temper problem behind the scenes. And this is just the latest. There's been a couple of pieces written in the last couple of weeks as Gavin Newsom starts to get puff pieces on Politico about how good of a candidate he would be, which is really embarrassing. I mean, you know, California is disgusting. He's turned the whole state into a frickin toilet, if we're being fair. And there's a lot of heat behind Gretchen Whitmer, too. They're basically talking about if Biden steps down, everybody is a candidate as far as they're concerned, but Kamala Harris. Kamala's awful with her weird laugh. <laughs> it is really funny, but there's a lot of talk in the Democratic side of the aisle about getting Biden off the ticket. But they really aren't. There's not a single article that's like, hey, you know, he could step aside for Kamala. They would never in a bazillion years hand this to Kamala Harris. They would leave Hunter in charge of the DEA the Drug Enforcement Administration, before they'd let Kamala be the president of the United States. She's a disaster, just an embarrassment. And, uh, you know, when it comes to Biden, this is a real story. So let me give you a little summary about this. Alex Thompson publishes a piece in Axios earlier today titled Old Yeller, Biden's Private Fury. And according to the piece, in the first line, he says, in public, President Biden likes to whisper to make a point. In private, he's prone to yelling, talking about Joe Biden. You know, the guy that gets hopped up on B-12 from time to time and unloads. Remember at the State of the Union? (laughs) He's like, now's the time to choose between unity and schmeckenahemenahemenah. And everybody was like, wait, what? We've been kind of glancing over this conveniently for the last two and a half years. The guy's a mess. Okay, and we know that. We see him get lost leaving the stage. We see him shake hands with invisible people. This man needs a retirement home and a warm bowl of soup. But nobody wanted to say anything, mainly because, again, if you're a member of the media now, if you're a member of the mainstream media, you're an activist masquerading as a journalist, and you don't want to do anything that might hurt the Democratic Party. That being said, we've now reached this fork in the road where Joe Biden, this isn't a fact, this isn't like an opinion, this isn't some big right-wing Fox News guy trying to get you mad. I don't care. I'm not an activist. I don't want to influence the way you vote. That's not my job. Dude, if it all comes down to a guy who went to community college and plays video games in his 40s, we're screwed. That's true. That is true. Okay, so that's not my job. I'm just here to give you honest opinions of whatever we're talking about. Republicans, Democrats, doesn't matter. But the truth is these journalists who are, as I said, activists by trade, don't want to hurt the Democratic Party. They don't want the Republicans to win an election, and they're starting to realize— that there's a good chance they would be hurting the Democratic Party if, in fact, they leave Joe Biden at the top of the ticket. That's why you're starting to get these articles. The New York Times wrote twice 
about Joe Biden's dirtbag move with his grandkids. And to be clear, it is a dirtbag move. If you have a grandkid that is your blood grandchild and you do not acknowledge them, you do not welcome them into your family, you publicly shun them. Okay, you are a dirtbag. That is correct. Okay, straight dirtbag. There is a little girl in Arkansas who knows her grandpa is the president of the United States and watches him go on TV and claim he has six grandkids and she doesn't exist as the seventh. I'm telling you, it's a white trash move. Okay, now that's been talked about. They don't talk a lot about the Hunter Biden scandal as it pertains to him selling influence in our country and all of these whistleblowers that have come forward, mainly because that's a liability for them in the media. The media were the ones who covered up the Hunter Biden laptop story. They were the ones who told you we couldn't share this because it's Russian disinformation. Okay, we now know that not only was it not Russian disinformation, the New York Times, the Washington Post have all come forward to say, yeah, it turns out it was true. Okay, but we now know everybody knew that a year before the election. So when they were burying the Hunter Biden story, they weren't burying it out of an abundance of caution. They weren't getting it wrong, okay, because getting it wrong would imply that they tried to get it right, and they were like, wow, we better just be careful here. First of all, it's not their job to police what we can and can't see. But that's what was happening when you talk to cens- about censorship, when you talk about election interference. The Hunter Biden laptop story was election interference. OK, the uh, government itself went out of its way to shield one candidate. OK, from a story that might change the outcome of the election. That is by trade election interference. You're absolutely right. OK, so that did go on. But the media didn't want to touch that. Even now, at a time when they want to get Biden off the off the ticket. Okay, they're at least exploring it, and they are if you're starting to see this many stories get written. Okay, the reason they don't want to go back and get rid of him through a means that would reflect negatively on them is because then, yes, it does become their liability. Like, think back to my former governor here in New York. Okay, we had, prior to Kathy Hochul, we had a guy named Hansy Andy Cuomo. Andy! Andy! And Andy Cuomo, Hansy Andy, if you remember, okay, committed elder side during the coronavirus pandemic. He mandated that nursing homes take in infected coronavirus patients to live with the most vulnerable segment of the population. We're talking about the elderly. Okay, he gave them civil and criminal immunity, saying here's an executive order that says you can't be sued or imprisoned for doing what we all know is a underhanded, disgusting thing, which is increasing the likelihood that a lot of folks are going to die in nursing homes. And in fact, not only did they die, in staggering numbers in nursing homes. But Cuomo's top aide ultimately admitted, Melissa DeRosa, that they falsified the statistics because he was negotiating a book deal at the time he was doing it. So you understand the media, who's like, nah, it's not a story. Cuomo's not getting people killed in nursing homes. That's just Fox News. Listen to those right-wingers. Listen to those crazy white supremacist Trumpers. Who are these people getting upset about old folks dying in nursing homes? Time was you could just kill them all. Isn't that why Metallica titled their album Kill Em All? It was about nursing homes and pandemics, wasn't it? No, it wasn't. Okay, we should all be outraged at what went on in nursing homes. But the media, knowing they were liable in playing along and burying the Cuomo nursing home story, ultimately did realize he needed to go. So how did they get rid of Cuomo? Did they revisit the nursing home story? The answer would be no. No, because they were liable and culpable in covering it up. So what did they do? Okay, they went and had a long talk about the fact that Cuomo didn't have the best office etiquette 
when it came to chatting up the ladies. You ever seen a grown man naked? And they chased him out of town off of a basically a Me Too situation. And Cuomo was ultimately forced to resign, and he's no longer the governor. We now have Kathy Hochul. Okay, when it comes to Biden, like Cuomo, there are a lot of scandals that could get him bounced out of town. But he's not going to get bounced for something like Hunter Biden because the media would look bad. If they came around and said, well, it turns out Joe was uh, involved in an influence peddling scheme that we ourselves buried in the run up to the election. That makes them look pretty bad. So they don't want to go anywhere near that type of story. I'm telling you, that boy's a genius. Oh, I am. I get it. Like, I so get how this scam gets run. So now they're back to, you know, he's yelling. He's crazy. He's not nice to the staff. You know, they're starting to talk about that. They're starting to talk about this piece, which I find so funny. Let me give you a pull quote. Behind closed doors, Biden has such a quick trigger temper that some aides try to avoid meeting alone with him. Some take a colleague almost as a shield against a solo blast. Think about that. According to Axios, the president's admonitions include blaspheming the Lord, how the F don't you know this, don't effing BS me, and get the F out of here. You know, if he's having like such... Sudden cursing fits. <laughs> Maybe he's the guy that's actually doing all the cocaine at the White House. Ah, uh, you have a good eye, my man. It's certainly not him. He's a doddering idiot. He doesn't know where he is half the time. Okay, let me give you another quote. Some Biden aides think the president would be better off occasionally displaying his temper in public as a way to assuage voter concerns that the 80-year-old president is disengaged and too old for the office. Which is, that's my favorite thing in the world. Okay. Hey, you know, you're cursing people out behind the scenes. Now, what you need to do is you're starting to cursing people out in person. Are you stupid or something? <laughs> no, that's not a good move, you dummies. Uh, there's no question that the Biden temper is for real. It may not be as volcanic as Bill Clinton's, but it's definitely there, said Chris Whipple, author of The Fight of His Life Inside Joe Biden's White House. Uh, Whipple's book quotes former White House president Jen Psaki. Remember her? Do you remember good old Jen Psaki? She came in uh, to be the press secretary at the beginning of this administration. Psaki sucks. Kaylee was so much better. Maybe so. But he does quote Psaki as saying, I said to Biden multiple times, I'll know we have a really good trusting relationship when you yell at me the first time. Uh, Thompson goes on to say being yelled at by the president has become an internal initiation ceremony in this White House. If Biden doesn't yell at you, it could be a sign he doesn't respect you. Now, why are they doing this? Why are they outing him for being a little rough on the staff? Because they're trying to build a groundswell within the Democratic Party with the young voters who have been conditioned to believe you should never be yelled at. You should always be hugged and coddled and come in the office, snookums. You screwed up the report. The whole White House is upside down because you did some bad work. But I just wanted you to know the president loves you, Snookums. You're special and wonderful and great. And just because you screwed the country over today doesn't mean we shouldn't give you a big bowl of ice cream now that you're done screwing up. That's who they're going after here. They're going after the youth voters, the coddled young kids who've been told their feelings or their facts. No one should ever be criticized or talked down to. Because that's the wing of the party that's actually going to decide what ultimately happens. Okay, the Democrats want him out. Gavin Newsom thinks he's, he's running right now. He's doing interviews everywhere. He's on Fox. He's talking yesterday over the weekend about how he's obsessed with watching Fox. That's Gavin Newsom. Did the big interview with Hannity. I'll be on Hannity this Thursday. Gavin Newsom was on, if you remember. They did a multi-part interview. Okay, because he can't get his word out there enough. He comes on to do interviews on national TV just to tell everybody how committed he is to not running. 
straight. No, we're not. We're not running. I just am trying to book every interview I can to sell my philosophy to the world uh, because I'm not running. Shut up, fool. It's embarrassing, but that's what he's doing. But they understand you can't come in and replace Biden with Gavin Newsom unless there's a sincere appetite on the younger side of the party, the people they count on the most to win elections, minorities and young people. So what you're starting to hear now to get the young people on board is Biden's yelling at people, He's yelling at the young staffers. He's really mean. This isn't cool. And then what they'll ultimately do, because they can't win an election without the minority vote, is you're a week away from seeing a piece where they're like, Biden's yelling at people of color. What's he doing yelling at people? What kind of racist would yell at people of color? That's where this is going. That's This is the cascade. This is the downhill spiral that's happening in the Biden administration. I'll give you another piece, okay? The Atlantic, okay, has a piece out last week entitled Step Aside Joe Biden. President has no business running for office at the age of 80. Okay, this is – the Atlantic could have wrote this piece a year ago, okay, when Biden said he was going to run, run – he was going to run again. Okay, they could have wrote this piece right after the midterms when Biden said he was going to run again. But they hadn't made an internal calculus over whether or not they were okay with him being the nominee. Okay, now they have clearly made this calculus. And the calculus is we don't want him on the ticket. Uh Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. Okay, let me give you this. Here's the Atlantic piece. Step aside, Joe Biden. The president has no business running for office at age 80. He opens the piece by lauding praise on Biden for defeating Trump, uh, claiming he rescued the country from the continuing misrule of a dangerous grifter and serial liar, a man gripped by vindictiveness, lawlessness, and egomania. That's how they describe Donald Trump. It's pretty silly. Okay, but then he writes... Biden also has no business running for president at the age of 80. I say that with considerable feeling, being in my late 60s and knowing that my 70s are not far off. I'm as healthy as any late middle-aged person. Admittedly, I cringe at the word old, which tells you something right there. But I know that at this stage, I do not have the energy I had a decade ago. Okay. Joe Biden, um, to be clear, is not, uh, you know, someone who should be prohibited from running for office because he's 80. Even if you would tell me his age was diminished, I know a lot of 90-year-old people that are pretty sharp. I have a documentary coming out on Fox Nation, August 7th. Okay, one of the guys I interview is William Shatner. He's 92. Captain Kirk, Star Trek. I mean, but like sharp, sharp. Sharper than me. Not that, you know, to be clear, there's any intellectual bar. But the point is, he's a really, really, really sharp dude. So this is not to say that because you're 80, you can't be with it. Because there's plenty of 90-year-olds that are with it. Probably bunch of hundred year olds out there that are probably with it, you know, or at least more with it than this guy, because Joe Biden is an absolute disaster. I agree with that. Okay, but you understand there's been an internal calculus made now within the party, within the trendsetters in the media, within the people the Democrats ultimately have to count on to show for this president if he's going to get back into office. Okay, and the calculus biz that they don't want Joe Biden anywhere near the Oval. Get him out of here. Get him out. You're listening to the hottest show in the country. Our country is in serious trouble. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. It is Fox Across America with your main man, Jimmy Fallon, back in New York where we belong. But we will, of course, be heading back out onto the road. Jim Jordan's joining us in the next block from Ohio, where I will be. July the 29th at the Grand Opera House in St. Mary's. 
Then Kennedy and I are off until August 25th. We go to the Green Valley Ranch out in Vegas. Get some tickets. Those are selling. That's going to be a rowdy night in Vegas. I'm excited for that. And uh, if you didn't hear this, uh, if you're listening in the Idaho Falls area, we got a big blowout weekend coming up. I am going to be at the Capitol Theater. Uh, and that is Saturday, excuse me, the Colonial Theater. Get it together, Jimmy. The Capitol is where we just were. Okay, I'll be at the Colonial Theater, okay, in Idaho Falls doing the damn thing Saturday night, October the 28th. We're going to have a big event with KID and my man Richard Meacham. It's going to be crazy. That is Saturday night, October the 28th. You better get tickets coming out at the Colonial. I am going to meet every single KID listener who shows up to the gig. If there is 1,500 of you, we're doing a four-hour meet and greet. So get your game face on. That's what we do when I ride solo. Uh, my gigs with Kennedy, if you saw us in Michigan over the weekend, some of these venues that we're playing are selling like exclusive VIP meet and greet tickets, which are always welcome to get. Uh, but if we don't meet you with the VIP thing, uh, we do everything we can to meet people out in the lobby. And, and uh, that will continue to be the policy on the road. Uh, but the Colonial Theater, Idaho Falls, it is a VIP meet and greet for every single person who shows up. And it's going to be a banger. Uh, in the next break, though, let's talk about my real job. Not my side hustle as a rodeo clown telling jokes <laughs> around the country. Let's talk about the goings-on in this country uh, as it pertains to Washington, uh, Washington, D.C. right now. country is being destroyed by stupid people, by very stupid people. It would seem our country is being destroyed by stupid people. Uh, Jim Jordan knows a lot of them. He's going to weigh in and give us our take from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio. When we come back after this break, right here on the big, bad, one and only, high-flying, death-defying Fox Across America. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. First day back from vacation trying to hold this country together. It's a bit of a mess. So we're bringing in some heavy-duty backup. Uh, Joining us now from the 4th Congressional District of Ohio, Jim Jordan in the house. Hey, man. How are you doing, Jimmy? Good. Jimmy, this is the month you're coming to the great Buckeye State, right? You're yes. You're coming later this month. Yep. To the, not just to the Ohio, but to the 4th District of Ohio. You ain't kidding. Uh, Unfortunately, I don't know if I'm gonna be. Able to, I don't know if I'm gonna be able to make it. We're having we're having a, my mom and dad's 60th anniversary party Ooh. at our home. So Ooh. if I can get away, I'm going to try. But <clears throat> anyway, well, I'm we're, glad you're coming to the great state. You're of course, be Mary's right. No, no, we're ready. We're ready to rumble. July 29th, yeah. we're going to be at the Grand Opera House. We're fired up. And and to be honest with you, um, I like <laughs> the idea that you're from one of those families that talks to their grandkids because it doesn't sound like the president does. <laughs> well, they can't even figure. Like, Jimmy, who is it? Like, I mean. <laughs> They won't even say it's not the first family. Like, no. come on. Like, where? Wh- come on. Like, and they're going to wrap up the investigation today. I just saw some yeah. news. Like, what is that? Listen, uh, you know, my brother was in the major case squad here in the NYPD. Uh, mm-hmm. They could solve. They they knew whose this was within five minutes of finding it. Just between like running yeah. cell phone records or oh I don't know maybe some cameras. It's the White House. They didn't leave it in like the bathroom at a mall. Okay, <laughs> that's what's so absurd about it. It's like if if it was somebody's cocaine who was of no consequence to them, meaning hey some staffer had a drug problem, some reporter had a drug problem. Yeah. They they tell you immediately. Okay, the, the fact it's that they're dragging it out means they know whose it is. It doesn't reflect well on them, so they're basically setting somebody up. Like somebody's about to get fired for this and probably hand a couple of bucks to shut up about it that didn't do any cocaine yeah. <laughs> i mean you have to laugh but it's sad it's like this is uh this white house i mean 
what's you, coming next. So no, I don't know. We, we were we were told they were going to restore honor to the to the Oval Office, and now we've got a loose bag of cocaine and a grandkid they won't talk to. I'm not a fan, man. There's a lot of Jerry Springer yeah. stuff going on in the Oval. You're an Ohio guy. Do you remember the late yeah. great Jerry Springer? Yeah, of course, yeah, of course. He was, what, wasn't he like the mayor of Cincinnati before he did like yeah. his show? And like, yeah, this is Jerry Springer. Yeah, no, it is. It's like that. I said to someone, I can't, I, I can't think of little, and it's sad to say because he's our president, not, mm-hmm. but I can't think of one thing they've done right. That's I mean, literally, look at all the major policy areas. Mm-hmm. No border. Well, can I give it to you? Record crime. You know, gonna, po- you just, nothing right. I'm going to give it to you. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. Uh, he yeah. actually, to his credit, this is important. He deserves credit for this. Okay. Uh, the Republican to Republican. We're going to give Biden pre- <laughs> credit across the aisle. This is important. <laughs> he has lowered arson by 90% because at these gas prices, people can't afford to burn down stuff anymore. <laughs> That matters. Oh, Lord. That matters. Yeah. Is that not nothing? Yeah. I mean, you you think about it. You got to really you got to really love somebody to burn their house down at four ninety nine a gallon. <laughs> oh, Lord. Passion. Jim Jordan's on yeah. the line uh, from the great state of Ohio. What did you think of this ruling over the vacation? I was off last it's week, huge. but on the fourth of yeah. July, yeah. The, the the idea that they're waging such a war, or at least attempting to, on free speech. Doesn't that on yep. some level speak to an insecurity about their ideas that they won't let people actually contrast them and discuss them? That's exactly the right takeaway. They can't debate ideas. They can't have a robust First Amendment where you make your best argument, I make mine, and we see who wins the debate and who carries the day. They can't do that. That's old school liberalism. This is radical new left. Um, you know, this, this opinion, though, was so strong. It's like 86 pages mm-hmm. of facts. Yep. The White House and then agency after agency, FBI, the State Department, NIAD, uh, Health and Human. So every agency we just went down the list and just listed the facts. This judge's opinion was so strong. He even said it looked like the government was acting like an Orwellian ministry of truth. Wow. I mean a great decision, uh, and he said in his preliminary injunction that they are likely to win at the next uh, at the next stage, um, I think it's I think it's definitely going to win because the facts are so strong. Where you have this much government doing that much pressure on private industry, it in effect becomes the government who's doing the censoring, and that's what the that's what the judge ruled and said. You got to stop it. You got to knock it off now. Yeah, it's it. Listen, it's crazy that it even got that far. Like I'm thrilled with the judge's ruling, but I don't think the average person realizes like what a precarious point we're at when the government's really mm-hmm. trying to limit speech rights. Because you know you control yep. the language, you control the people, and that's a lot of what this has become. Is what they were you know brandishing or branding anyway as dangerous misinformation was just yep. anything that didn't agree with their narrative, and their narrative yeah, was have- wrong. That's the part that yep. drives me so crazy. It's like people were fired. People. <laughs> were banned from social media if they said vaccinated people were getting COVID, okay? Yeah. And now you've got millions of vaccinated people getting COVID, and then they go out and they brag. They go, well, I got COVID, but I just want to thank God I was vaccinated or the COVID would have been worse. <laughs> Dude, Jim, that is like me saying, well, Jenny's pregnant. I'm just glad we used a condom because she would have been way more pregnant. <laughs> you just admitted it didn't work. <laughs> Yeah, well, I've never seen that kind of compare. That's the first comparison. Yeah, well, it's accurate. It is accurate. I want credit. It's, it's the exact thing. Well, it didn't do his job, but I'm glad we did it. I'm surprised you weren't listed in the disinformation dozen. They had a dozen people, the disinfo dozen that the White House was talking about. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, Berenson, it was Tucker, it was Mm -hmm. Dr. Bhattacharya, it was, and it was, here's the scary one, Mm -hmm. it was their primary opponent. Yep. (laughs) 
<laughs> RFK Jr. So think about this administration. Mm -hmm. This is how afraid of the truth and the facts and real debate and the First Amendment they are. Mm -hmm. They try to censor their Democrat opponent, mm -hmm. and they're trying to put their Republican opponent in prison. <laughs> That's how weak this administration is. So, yeah, that when, when RFK – by the way, we're having RFK come in in front of our select committee oh, wow. uh, later this month. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I mean because he was – I mean literally we're focused on the censorship, and so much of what the judge's decision was the same facts we've been uncovering as we've been doing six depositions a week now for week after week after week talking with the big tech companies and other folks in our government um, – is why this I, I just found this decision so strong. But yeah, we're bringing RFK in later this month to, oh, uh, to talk about how he was censored by his primary opponent, for goodness sake. No, that's bananas. And again, it really does. It speaks to such an insecurity about their willingness to fight the idea battle. Uh, but they, you know, listen, it's a mess. The, the, this whole administration is a mess. Like, as two guys who root yep. for the country, it's like nobody's happy Biden is the president, but it doesn't mean we want to tank the country. Uh, yep. But my question for you is they, you know, he met with the king today, which had to come as a you know that had to be a shocker that there was a king because a week ago he was saving the queen do you think he was do you think he was beat up to learn it didn't work out <laughs> did you see that tweet that tweet someone tweeted on saturday that uh the two the two presidents spending saturday night and it showed trump walking in to the UFC fight, and the place gone crazy. Yep. And you know, walking in like like he's mm -hmm. you know yeah, like we, you know strong and, and tough and everything else. And then it showed Biden trying to move his chair on the beach. <laughs> and it, it, you know, you, you you don't want to laugh because it's it's sort of it's, it's yeah. pathetic, frankly, with Biden. But it like what a what a stinking contrast between someone who's got it together and. And unfortunately, our current our current president. Yeah, it's bad. And uh, but but because we're in the condition we're in, if Biden remains on the ticket, uh, everything is in play. Yes, censorship yeah. efforts, any, anything yeah. they can do. They're going to dig up a parking ticket Trump didn't pay in 1987. That's coming yep. in anything they can find. But it's it's crazy because they're doing it in broad daylight. But here's my question to you. Do you think there's a, a moment OK, as we know, there were so many whistleblowers that came forward regarding the IRS investigation into Hunter. Do you think we're getting closer to a moment, though, where the media realizes because obviously the media is want, media wants a Democratic president. But do you think the media is starting to recognize that Biden's a liability because they're writing hit pieces on him now? Axios has yeah. one out about how he's yelling at the staff. The Atlantic wrote one last week saying he's too old and he needs to step aside. Do you think the media is going to turn on Biden just to get somebody younger like a Gavin Newsom? I, I I think maybe that's starting to happen, but I still think they they believe, you know, because they they, they believe they can go with Biden, and then if, and if they can get him across the finish line, I don't know how. I mean, I'm, I'm for yeah. Trump, and I want him to win. I think he was a, the best president we've had certainly in my lifetime. Mm -hmm. um, but I think if they feel like they get him across the finish line, then they make the change. So I, I feel like they're going to stick with him through the what, what we now with. Eight, yeah. 17 months away, mm -hmm. or 16 months away from the election. Mm -hmm. uh, I think they're going to stick with him. But then, you know, ABC okay. later once uh, once uh, if, he, if he were yeah. if he were able to pull it off, which I don't think he can. I just no. think the country's got enough common sense and logic and reason that the American people are smart. They're going to say we just can't take any more of this Biden guy. Can you imagine like telling asking people like that's your job? You got to ask people to vote for Biden again. That's like that's like showing up to one of the rowboats from the Titanic and selling them a cruise. Hey, you want to go on another cruise? Here's, here's a blanket. I mean, you got to look at the upside of this cruise. We had some good food Monday, Tuesday, didn't we? It was good. How about that band on Wednesday? It's good. Uh, look, yeah, I, uh, it's a, that's a tough sell. Um, but, you know, they, they've, they've so 
they, the, the press is so in the tank for them, and they, they bash Republicans and conservatives and President Trump so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they, they, some of them still think they can pull it off. I don't think they can, and I do think the American people are – I mean, just think of foreign policy. This, yeah. this, did you see Yellen Val? I, yeah. I didn't see this until just today. Three times. She, she did the, 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 the tri- triple dip, you know, yeah. and it's like um, – you know – that will never happen in a Trump. There's no, no. way Mnuchin's going to do. There's no way uh, Mike Pompeo's going to act like Blinken when he goes. I mean, it's just yeah. not going to happen. Listen, um, it's no. That part is crazy. And, and but the bigger issue is that they're destroying our domestic energy production and empowering China, who's our biggest geopolitical yep. foe, because all the green energy yep. stuff is just handing them money. And what's funny yep. about it is that they do, they don't care about climate change. They think it's absurd. They're the biggest polluter in the world by like a margin of five but they're selling us all of the infrastructure for climate change so it's like you know we're buying the patch off a guy who's smoking cigarettes you know <laughs> it's the dumbest thing in the world it is stupid it's, they're, they're right and they're giving us uh, the stuff for these solar panels yeah. that were taking up farmland we were driving we were driving to indiana yesterday and we i saw i'm like my, my wife and i were like what is that it's just a prime farmland just covered in solar panels, you're like, what is going on? And China's laughing all the way to the bank. Uh, all the way to the bank. We got Joe Biden doing <laughs> these stupid policy after stupid policy. Just tanking. Well, the good news is your Reds are in first place. I know you've been busy, but they're in first. They're hot. He's still, he's still home the other day. This, this amazing. He's, he's fast like, as hell. Dela Cruz. He's fast as he's yeah. crazy. He's a, no. He is like a, a unicorn. He's an incredible player. He's a big dude. He's fast. He's doing it all. He's hitting three twenty five. Yeah. I just had Bill Hemmer in here. Hemmer is like a a little kid. Like he goes to the game with a mid on. You know, he's a very passionate Red <laughs> fan. He just asked me if we could get ice cream. Buys one of those little, buys one of those little bats at, at yeah. the, the seventh inning. He runs he's up got, to get that souvenir bat. Dude, you know, gets he, he was just eating ice cream out of a helmet during the commercial break. He's a very passionate Reds fan. <laughs> uh, well, you gotta, you gotta, he's not as old as me, but, man, we've, we've had our big yep. Red Machine uh, reminisce yep. about the big Red Machine before. But yep. uh, it's great to see the Reds winning. I, I don't know if it's the toughest division, but what the heck. Hey, well, t- listen, we don't care. Just Get there. Yes. It's exciting stuff, man. <laughs> Believe me. I know a lot of Mets fans in my booth right now who trade places with you. Pretty put on that mitt with Jordan. Go eat some Reds ice cream out of a helmet. Come on, man. Um, all right. Well, good stuff. Uh, always great yeah. to get the band back together. Keep playing good ball yeah. out there. All right. See, See you, you Jim. You're the man. Take care. There he goes, the great Jim Jordan. There we go back after this. A show so good, it's hard to describe. It's not a matter of, it's a matter of, you just, oh, in the club, I mean, um, as, as and, uh, you know. It's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. You know, so, uh. There it is. Back in action on Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon in the next hour. Check it out. Paul Morrow is a retired NYPD inspector. I just texted him during the commercial break in regard to the Hunter Biden cocaine thing. And Morrow is going to stop by and give us some NYPD expertise as to how they would determine whose it was and how long it would take to do such a thing. Because the answer we're getting out of the White House is we could get an answer later today. We were told maybe we shouldn't expect. We shouldn't expect to find out whose it is. You know, there's so many people in the area. Dude, sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. They know whose it was. And it'll be very interesting because the White House does claim that we're going to get some type of report later in the day. I don't believe it. 
uh, but we will see. A couple of other things, a couple of housekeeping items. It's my first day back. I was on the road. Hey, girl, good to be here. I did my best to get back to all your Facebook messages over the break. If I didn't get to you yet, I will. Uh, and, of course, if you're following me on Twitter, at Jimmy Fela, I will return those messages as well. Uh, but here's the deal. Okay, we were talking earlier in the show about there seems to be a groundswell to get rid of Biden. Uh, the, the sand is very much shifting. And here is a this is a really funny one yesterday. So Biden yesterday, okay, had an interview on CNN. I don't remember that ever happening. Well, to be fair, it was recorded earlier. Okay, but Biden does this interview with Fareed Zakaria. Okay, Zakaria tells them, you know, you're the greatest president ever, but what about your age? Okay, when CNN is asking this question, when this question is now being acknowledged in the media, it's because this is a legitimate liability for the president. Okay, CNN isn't really asking about Hunter. CNN isn't asking, why are you being a dirtbag and not acknowledging the existence of your grandchild? Okay, but they are doing this. CNN is the worst. Absolutely. And anytime you ask these questions, you do give the issue a little more life. So, yeah, they're trying to bury the Hunter thing because they were all complicit in burying it the first time. The last thing they want is an honest look into it. Uh, And they're not really going near the grandkid thing, which I got to be honest with you, it's just straight white trash. Uh, But here is CNN asking Biden uh, clip six. You've often said when people ask you about your age, uh, just watch me. And I think a lot of people do watch you and are impressed, and they think you've been a great president. Uh, you've <laughs> brought the economy back. Uh, you've restored relations with the world. <laughs> but many of these people do say, and these are ardent supporters of yours, the next thing he should do is step aside and let an- another generation of Democrats take the baton. Why are they wrong? <laughs> First of all, I mean, yo, Fareed Zakaria, dude, honestly, seriously. Don't you have any respect for yourself? (laughs) That's how you ask the guy a question. I think a lot of people do watch you. They're impressed, and they think you've been a great president. Just understand the context of this. I get that there's such a thing as a weak interview. I get there's such a thing as a softball interview. But when you are actually beclowning yourself by saying you've been a great president, understand that Joe Biden is the least popular president at this stage of a presidency ever. Okay, we've had great depressions in this country. We've had civil wars where one half quit the country to fight the other side. And in both of those incidences, okay, the presidents were more popular than this guy. Biden sucks. So you understand when Fareed Zakaria, like, I think a lot of people have watched. A lot of they think you're a great president. You don't have a clue. He is the least popular president in the history of the country. But here's Biden's answer to the question. Uh, clip seven. Well, let me not right or wrong. It's a uh, look. Use the phrase again. I think we're at an inflection point. I think the world is changing, and I think I, uh, there is one thing that comes with age, if you've been honest about it your whole life, and that is some wisdom. I think we're on the cusp of being able to make significant positive changes in the world. Really, honest to God, do. That is a lie. What's real? We've already made changes in the world. Inflation was six points lower till you got into office. Okay, illegal border crossings were six million lower before you got into office. Our domestic energy production was energy independent before you got into office. Okay, this is a dude that's ruined 
everything. I mean everything. There's no deliverable. You cannot go to the American people. Like I was saying to Jim Jordan earlier, asking people to vote for Joe Biden again is like asking people who survived the Titanic to buy a cruise off of you. Nah, but come on. I, listen, I know you're shivering right now. But what about Monday? We had that polka dance. And did you see the shuffleboard on deck B? That was some nice shuffleboard, was it not? I'm telling you, talk to your group about it. Well, my group's not here. <laughs> That's where we are with Biden. People are jumping off the boat and they're like, who wants to do it again? Live from everywhere USA, it's Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Oh, there it is. Coming to you live from the greatest country in the world. That's us. We're still number one in the rankings. We're just not playing championship ball right now. (laughs) It's a little bit of a mess uh, in the White House. uh, But out here on the mean streets of America, we're still doing the damn thing on the radio. 888-788-9910 if you want to be a part of the show later in the hour. Retired NYPD inspector Paul Morrow is going to stop by to get us up to speed on the cocaine found inside the White House. What the hell is the world coming to? Listen, it wouldn't be the worst thing that's ever happened in the White House. I think Bill Clinton would tell you there were worse things. Uh, Someone once used an intern as a humidor. I believe that together we can make America great again. But the point is, uh, this particular instance is a little embarrassing for the White House. Uh, But right now in this hour, before we get to Moro, we have to talk about the Republican race to replace Joe Biden. And to be clear, I think, I genuinely think anyone listening to the show right now could beat Joe Biden. Joe Biden's, you know, he's a terrible president. No one actively watches him and believes he's in charge. They believe that's the appeal of Joe Biden within the Democratic Party is that people have a lot more power behind the scenes than they would in a traditional presidency where the guy knew what his name was and what day of the week it was. Okay, we're not really dealing with that right now. Uh, We're dealing with a guy who has spent nearly half of his presidency on vacation, either in his Delaware beach house in Rehoboth Beach or somewhere in Wilmington or the heck knows where else. Uh, Let's just hope wherever he is, he's not riding a bicycle, you know. Guy falls on the way up the stairs, falls on the bike, falls walking off the stage after giving a college commencement speech. The guy's a disaster. So the reason the Republican race is getting as heated as it is, is everyone knows this. Okay, the Republicans, if they focus on policy, they're going to beat Joe Biden. The reason the Democrats are going to indict Donald Trump 35 more times between now and Election Day is they're hoping they can make this an election That is all about Donald Trump and his personality. Now, why do they want to do that? Because Donald Trump's record is a hell of a whole lot better than Joe Biden's. Tell him like it is. Okay, if you look at Ron DeSantis's record in terms of how he's running his state, if America was doing what Florida was doing right now, every single one of you would... You're jumping out of your car right now to sing the theme song from the Jeffersons. If America was doing what Florida is doing right now in terms of the economy, in terms of schools, in terms of the quality of the crime situation as comparative to major cities around the country as a whole, you know, Florida is crushing it. There are more people moving to Florida than anywhere else in the country. You know, how they say in sports, you are what your record says you are. OK, well, here's the truth. Florida has more people trying to get into the state than anywhere else. Ergo, Florida, they're doing really well. The 
Correctamundo. Which is why the Democrats are destroying DeSantis. And to some extent, it's working. Okay, DeSantis is not really closing the polling gap on Trump yet. You know, he was asked about that by Maria Bartiromo yesterday. They were talking over the weekend. And, uh, you know, he pivots. He talks about the economy and everything else. And I don't doubt that if he is the nominee, he will crush Joe Biden. Crush him. But I can tell you this. Whoever the nominee is going to be, they're going to be treated like Trump. That's just the way it's going to. Whatever name they have down on the pad for Trump is a name that's going its way when it comes to the Democrats. He's a lousy dad, but he's right. Total, totally true story. Whatever they're calling Trump, okay, will get called to Tim Scott. If they say Trump's a white supremacist, he doesn't like women, or it's going to be called by Tim Scott. Okay, it'll be called by Ron DeSantis. That's what's going on. Here is AOC. Flat out being asked yesterday, okay, about Ron DeSantis. Says he's not any more rational than Trump. What's the hook here? Okay, we're just going to call anyone bad. Clip 14. His attacks on teachers, on schools, on LGBT Americans, I think go way too far in the state of Florida. Um, And I think that they are a profound political miscalculation and an overcompensation. He may be trying to win a base, but that base belongs to Donald Trump. And he has sacrificed, I think, the one thing that others may have thought would make him competitive, which is this idea that he would somehow be more rational than Donald Trump, which he isn't. What would you do with a brain if you had one? (laughs) She's so stupid. Now, she's right to say it is Trump's base. She's not wrong about that. Okay, Trump is crushing the field right now despite the fact that he's been indicted not once but twice. Why is that the case? Because nobody has any faith in their institutions. We're living in a really dangerous time right now in America where most people do see the indictments of Donald Trump as being politically motivated basically because other people have done what he's done and not gotten charged. Do you understand? Hillary Clinton, if you remember, mishandled classified information. Was she charged? The answer would be no. Joe Biden mishandled classified information, leaving it for over a decade at his residence. Was he charged? The answer would be no. So this argument about Trump being charged is different because he didn't cooperate as much as they did with the investigation. Hillary Clinton destroyed 33,000 emails under a subpoena. Does that sound like cooperation? The answer would be no. No, the answer would be no. So it looks like a little bit of a double standard and people see through it. And there's a real rally around the flag thing going on on the Trump side of town where he is hardening a lot of his support at the moment. Now, obviously, this changes if they get on a debate stage and they go head-to-head because you get a chance to contrast everybody. Now, to be clear, everybody on the Republican side wants Trump to debate. Number one, it'll be good for ratings here at Fox. We want to have him on the stage. But more importantly, if you care about the country, it's good for the country because you're going to get a full-throated exchange of ideas by the people vying to replace what's currently running the country. For the Republicans, that's the best thing that could ever happen to them is that they could get on stage and spend three hours talking about ideas because the Republican ideas are good. Closing the border, that's good. Bringing back energy independence, that's good. Now, really, that matters. Putting criminals in jail, remember that? Call me old-fashioned, but locking up the bag, it's actually good. You, you, don't, you actually don't want to turn them free. You don't. Okay? And understand, if they can make that case that they are not the party, Okay, of all of these woke identity politics initiatives that they very much are the party of supporting parental choice, parental rights, 
They are the party that wants to secure the border. They are the party that wants to support the cops, the men and women in uniform. They can win. They can actually win. You know, but if this turns into a sideshow, it turns into a where's Waldo, Trump's not there, everybody's yelling and screaming about other things, then they're not going to win. Okay, but I'm telling you right now, the Democrats are very concerned. There's two moving parts to this story. One is everybody in the world is suddenly writing a hit piece about Biden's age or his temperament. The Atlantic wrote a step aside piece. Okay, we've got the one today in Axios about Biden having a big temper behind the scenes. Okay, that is an effort that's being made within the Democratic Party to get Biden off the ticket. Whether or not it succeeds, we'll find out in the coming months. But the other side of this is that everybody in the media who still, again, with all the fiber in their being, want to stop a Republican from getting elected president, every single person in the media is doing everything they can right now to weaken Republicans. The hit pieces on DeSantis, even the hit pieces on his wife, are really embarrassing. Let me give you one. Okay, here's an MSNBC panel talking about uh, Casey DeSantis as America's Karen. This is clip 12. For many, she's the brighter side to Florida's angry governor. For others, she's become America's Karen. (laughs) Tara, um, I think David's beaten you um, in terms of taking my breath away during a segment. Uh, America's Karen, David Jolly. Well, I called her, I called her this, you know, Serena Waterford wannabe needs to cut it out. We see you. There's, There's all kinds of names for her. She needs to stop trying to measure the great drapes in the White House and think that she's some kind of Jackie O reincarnate. I'm surrounded by idiots. I mean, dude, do you remember when we were told after Hillary lost, you know, the whole there's misogynistic country? These are the people saying it. There's a special place in hell for people who don't support other women, that whole thing. Meanwhile, back at the ranch, this woman is even running for office. She happens to be a cancer survivor and a first lady in the most popular state in the country. Very young, good looking family. And uh, they're going all in. Why are they going all in on her? It's because they see her as an attribute. They look at her and they say, wow, she makes people more likely to want to vote for Ron DeSantis. They're doing something called Moms for DeSantis. They're standing up for kids. They're standing up for parents. They don't want to have the conversation about what the DeSantis family is doing for other families. So they have to make it about other things. Oh, she's the Karen. The Serena Waterford uh, wannabe. You can't just make up lies about people. No, that's exactly what they're doing. Serena Waterford is actually the, you know, the woman from The Handmaid's Tale. I had to look that up. I didn't even know. I didn't watch that show. But you remember how the Democrats told us, you know, Trump got elected. It's The Handmaid's Tale. They were walking around with hats on their heads that were uh, modeled after a woman's reproductive organs. Like, it's such, so embarrassing. What a dumb time to be alive. But when you see the conversation getting that ugly this early, what you're seeing is desperation. This is a party that can't engage in ideas. Like, I'll give you the Simone Sanders clip. She's asked to give Ron DeSantis some advice. She just refuses because he's such a bad, awful human being. And her reasoning is based on lies. All of the lies the Democrats have tried to spread in mischaracterizing DeSantis's positions. Let me give it to you if you're listening to this for the first time. Okay, Ron DeSantis passed something called the Parental Rights and Education Bill. That's what it was called. And it was a six-page bill, and it made it illegal, illegal against the law, to teach kids, kids between the ages of kindergarten and third grade about sex. Not gay sex, not trans sex, all sex. Why? Because anyone who wants to talk to a kindergartner through third grade about sex 
shouldn't be allowed near a kindergartner or third grader. Nowhere near them. Okay, that's disgusting. Okay, kids are way too young at that age. But why are they doing that? Why were they? Why do the Democrats want to give them sexual instruction? Why do they want to talk about their sexual orientation at such a young age? Oh, it's because they're trying to create more trans children. Because this is a manufactured civil rights movement. That's what they're trying to do. They're trying to advance all of their legislation when the race card doesn't cut it anymore. Okay, because not even the black people think the world is remotely half as racist as the Democrats are telling you it is. It doesn't work as much to just call everything racist anymore. It's just not working. So they've tried to manufacture this new civil rights movement. Well, they say, well, we've got to reconfigure the entire country to accommodate these trans people that are under attack. You know, we're so transphobic. Everyone wants to kill them. There's so much violent rhetoric out there. They're coming to get the trans people. And that's what the Democrats are saying. Now, is anybody coming to get the trans people? No. We've had a couple of trans shooters. They still haven't released the manifestos, which is pretty wild, because I promise you if a conservative person shot anything, you'd have everything about them within a half hour of it happening. Okay, heaven forbid it did. But the reality is the Democrats are manufacturing a civil rights movement within the party. So rather than honestly discussing Ron DeSantis's bill, which did not say the word gay, did not say the word transgender, did not say alternative lifestyles. It said you can't talk about sex, not straight sex. Not gay sex, not trans sex. You can't talk about any sex in front of these little kids. The Democrats turned around and tried to brand it as the don't say gay bill. And with a straight face, claimed that Ron DeSantis had banned gay people. Democrats are so full of crap. But they're running with this. Ron DeSantis took books out of school libraries that had pornographic images in them. They were so pornographic that what DeSantis did, and it was a clever move, is he went on TV and said, all right, I'm going to read a couple of the chapters from the books we banned just to give you an idea of just how ridiculous this stuff is. And guess what? The TV networks had to cut away. They said, I can't show this on the air. You know, TV networks that will show you someone getting shot, stabbed, beheaded when ISIS was doing its thing. they show you all of that. But what was going on in these passages was so pornographic and far out there that they couldn't cover it live. If the media can't cover it live on the 5 o'clock news when adults are watching, is there any world where this stuff is appropriate for children? I think we all know the answer is no. But the Democrats, knowing the issue doesn't favor them, 80% of parents side with DeSantis. They don't want sex ed in kindergarten. Okay, the Democrats tried to repurpose the bill as some type of a ban on gay people and LGBTQ people. So that is their narrative. Okay, when someone is fighting a fake narrative... It's because the real one doesn't favor them. This is pretty obvious. Here is Simone Sanders trying to repurpose a narrative around DeSantis. Clip 13. Seeing how he's kind of flailing, even though, you know, at one point we said, well, maybe he's flailing because he hasn't necessarily announced that he's running. And now that he's running, I mean, his poll numbers still seem to slip. What would be your advice to him? Uh, I'm going to tell you, Yasmin, if I had to have my pick among the Republican candidates for president, Ron DeSantis wouldn't be one of them. And let me tell you why. Because all of the things that made him popular, if you will, in Florida, uh, the bills that he passed, the demonizing and putting a target on the back of the LGBTQ community, um, coming after DEI, uh, critical race theory, right? Those are all things that have proven to not be popular with a wide swath of the electorate. That is offensive, and it is not true. Okay, because a wide po- you know, population of the electorate agrees with DeSantis. 80% of the parents in this country say, hey, don't teach sex eds to little kids. Okay, critical race theory is racist. It's actually there 
to tell black children they are oppressed by the white children in the classroom. That's so racist they don't even know they are. It's an unconscious bias is what it is. We're so racist we can't even see it anymore. That is a fact check false. But that's the whole hook of critical race theories. It's dividing us along racial lines. We used to live, you know, to be honest with you, came awfully close to living in the Martin Luther King version of the world where you judged people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin. Okay, so much so that we elected a black president not once but twice, and he wasn't even particularly good at the job. I don't see you doing any better in the booty department. We're so far past race as a country, like way, way, way past it. Okay, and we're past homophobia, and we don't even care about trans people. Go be trans. The only conservative position on this is don't do it to little kids, which is very reasonable. Okay, and don't let men swim against women because they have a huge advantage. But the Democrats are portraying that Ron DeSantis stance as somehow bigoted, as somehow hateful. And why are they doing that? Because it's easier to fight a pretend battle than it is to fight a real one. Okay, and that's why they did the same thing with racism for all these years. The problem now is it doesn't work the same way. So now they're calling everybody a transphobe. Why are they doing any of this? Because they know they've lost the room. They can't win the idea battle on the economy. Can't win the idea battle on the border. Can't win the idea battle on crime. Can't win the idea battle on schools. Okay, so they're pretending to fight a fake battle. And I'm out here in the real world and I know what's right or wrong or bullshit. You're listening to Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. I enjoyed it. It was an unbelievably interesting experience. It is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. A stampede of stupidity going on out there in the world right now. We're going to try to bring it to justice later in the hour with Paul Mora, former NYPD inspector, giving us an update on the White House cocaine store. Really stupid stuff. Karine Jean-Pierre was in front of a microphone yesterday. Here she is talking about the Supreme Court trying to take away constitutional rights by rolling back affirmative action. Clip 26. This is really, really important, and I know the American people are, are, are really tracking this as they should be. Yeah. Dobb decision, that was something that was decided about on a year ago, really took away the freedoms uh, from women. I think about abortion, I think about reproductive rights, and that was unprecedented. Now you fast forward to what we saw last week, affirmative action, again, taking away, taking away important constitutional rights that have been in place for a long time. Not even close! Okay, affirmative action was racist. Straight racist. And in rolling back affirmative action, what does it now say? It says people are going to compete on a level playing field. We're going to judge people based on the grades they get. And the smartest kids will get in. Okay, if you believe that's unfair to a certain group of people, that's you saying that those people are stupid and not good enough to get in on their own merit. Okay, the Democrats, oddly enough, the party of slavery still seem to think down on the people we freed. Dirtbags. There were tons of clues, and we all know who you 
Supposed to get an update from the White House by the end of business today on whose cocaine it was. What a mess. In the meantime, I do have to play you a clip from The View. No, God! No, God, please, no! 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 Listen, man, I say it all the time. It's America's family meeting. If uh, I've got to come across this stuff, you're part of the family. Got to hear about Dad's day. Uh, your little radio dad. <laughs> What a mess. So Anna Navarro, this was talking about at the top of the hour. The Democrats are trying to mischaracterize Republican positions. Why are they trying to do that? I mean, we've talked about this at great length. They don't want to have an honest discussion about ideas because it doesn't favor them. Okay, people don't support forcing underage children to get gender reassignment surgery. Okay, they don't. They're not a fan of that. They don't want they want kids to fully develop. And as Americans, engage in whatever type of behavior they want with their body after the age of 18. That's the conservative position. You can be trans. Just wait till you're 18. Wait till you're grown up and you have the authority to make decisions for yourself. Kid can't go out and get a boob job. Kid can't go out and get a tattoo. Can't kid buy a beer, smoke a cigarette, drive a car. Why? Because we don't think they're mature enough to make consequential decisions about their bodies. Okay, so Ron DeSantis passed a bill. That would forbid schools from teaching kids to do exactly that. Hey, five-year-old, six-year-old, seven-year-old, what if you're trapped in the wrong body? That's what we're teaching you. Maybe you should make a change. Okay, Ron DeSantis was against that, as many parents are. But what did the Democrats do? They responded to it by claiming he was trying to ban gay people, which is absurd. Has anyone been to Key West? Okay, Florida, Key West is like one of the gayest places in the world. They're having the best time. You ever been to South Beach? Huge gay population, and they're having the best time in Florida, where they should be having the best time, because it's America. Who the heck cares? But here is Anna Navarro today on The View, uh, talking about how she drives around in Florida yelling out the window, we say gay, which, number one, is made up. That's the stupidest thing in the world. Number two, okay, if doing so was actually banned, as the Democrats said, wouldn't she be getting arrested? Wouldn't she be in some kind of trouble? This is clown stuff. Here it is. This is Anna Navarro. Well, it wasn't me in New Hampshire screaming, we say gay. No, I wish I would have. I I try to do it every time I'm anywhere near uh, Ron DeSantis or any of his people. Um, I just, like, I go around like a dog in Florida with my head outside of my car. We say gay! We say gay! We say gay! Oh, my God. That was absolutely dreadful. I mean, first of all, I do think the story here is that she fits out the car window. If we're being honest, I think he's got a point. Okay, but getting past that for a second, it's a strumming argument, dude. Nobody cares. Nobody banned gay people in Florida. This is a bill that banned sex ed for little kids. And this is a point we all agreed on like two years ago. Like even Democrats agreed two years ago that you didn't bring a kindergarten kid to a drag show. Doesn't mean Republicans want to kill trans people or drag show drag queens. That's not the position. The position is do what you want above the age of 18. The Democrats tried to repurpose that. Oh, look, they banned gay people. I drive around sticking myself out the window yelling at we say gay in Florida. As if anybody cares. Nobody cares. 
Okay, but give you a little more, okay, because this is the view weighing in on the Biden grandkid situation. And to be clear, it's a dirtbag move, just real white trash stuff. Okay, Hunter has a baby. They don't acknowledge his existence. He was forced after a DNA test to pay child support, which he then fought to lower. The White House to this day goes on TV and claims they have six grandkids when they have seven. And again, it should, listen, things happen. I get it. You have a kid out of wedlock, whatever. Fine. Who cares? But let him be part of the family, especially if you're going to go on TV every day and say you're the one protecting children in this country. You know, except the ones I'm related to. They can screw off. But here's the view trying to defend this. President Biden doesn't need to overstep his son. I like that part, but mm-hmm. I don't know why they go out of their way to say six grandchildren or four kids. When my parents talk about me, they say, we love all our kids. We love our grandbabies. I've never seen but, them numerically repeat over and re- over. I like re- three kids. I like four no, this. I like, re- this. Re- I like The reason that's happening is because the right wing, who again is weaponizing everything related mm-hmm. to Hunter, keeps asking, so how many children do you have, Mr. No, it's grandchildren do you have? That's how many? That's not true. It's well, well, maybe Maureen Dowd should find something else to write about. Yeah, so write about something else. I mean, they I, are... I about, I, I'm sorry. You know, these things are, for me, when you start talking about people's families and what yeah. they're doing, it's, I, I find it unnecessary. This is not anybody's business. Nobody needed to know about this. No. This is private. Oh, that's just gross. You're the lowest form of life on earth. You really are. Are you going to tell me there's a world where a Republican president is openly shunning a grandchild out of the family and the media isn't going to lose its mind, as they should, to be clear. But what's going on here, I'm telling you, this is embarrassing. Do we have a president of the United States that's like, nah, not that one. Like, that's crazy. It's a little kid who knows who the grandparent is. Although, to be clear, at this point, they're probably doing the kid a favor by not giving it the Biden name. What can I tell you, kid? You're right. When you're right, you're right. You're right. You're listening to the show that Standard & Poor describes as Standard & Poor. I would say he's incompetent, but I don't want to do that because that's not nice. This is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Hey, girl, it is Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Man has never left cocaine in the White House. Uh, but if I did, they'd probably figure it out in like five minutes. Uh, joining me now is a guy who could attest to such things. Retired NYPD inspector, fan favorite on this show and so many others around the world. Paul Moro's here. Hey, man. How are you? Uh, good. My stash remains where it belongs. Uh, it is accounted for. I'm not concerned. Uh, but as it pertains to the White House, isn't this a pretty easily easy crime to solve? You know, it really should be. You're talking about what's supposed to be one of the most controlled environments on Earth, right? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, as I wrote on the blog, this – with a video system as good as your average New York City bodega, you should be able to pull out who had access to the area. The problem is the narrative keeps changing. If you notice, Jimmy, at Mm -hmm. first it was the library or a controlled area only, you know, uh, certain people have access. Mm -hmm. Then it became a White House work area. Well, that would argue White House personnel. Mm -hmm. And then it became a heavily trafficked area. Mm -hmm. That's a common area in the White House. So little by little, they're pushing it away from White House personnel, presumably to Biden's. And um, it's going into something that, well, we don't know. Hey, there's people in and out of here. And I'm very skeptical of the way this has developed. Yeah, I don't think there's any way if, if, you know, they claim there's going to be a report at some point. They're going to wrap up the investigation. I don't think there's any way that you could 
believe whatever they're about to tell us. It seems to me like they're setting somebody up's about to get a, you know, maybe lose their gig and go home with an envelope full of money for doing so. But it certainly seems like there's an effort in place to make it uh, more possible that it wasn't somebody, as you said, uh, that might a live in the White House or be very close to the people who do. Uh, because let me ask you this. Everyone going into the White House is getting metal detectors. I know that. They're getting searched by dogs. They usually get sniffed by dogs when you go into the White House. I don't know that they're doing that to, like, the family or their guests, are they? You know, on a holiday weekend, you got a friend in the Secret Service. You're in town. They say, hey, celebrate the 4th of July. I'll get you a White House tour. I've been off of those down through the years. Yep. I never actually managed to catch up with it. But, you know, maybe they relaxed the protocols a little bit. But the bottom line is it's all traceable. Mm-hmm. And so they should be able to say to themselves, okay, it was not there on the video Friday afternoon. Mm-hmm. It is there on the video Sunday. Pull every video between Friday and Sunday, pull the logs of everybody who was in that building, pull all the personnel who were working in the building that day. Anybody who works for the government has no expectation of privacy in their government phone. They all have them. You take those phones, you do the positioning data, you see who was in that particular area. That positioning data can be accurate within six to eight feet. All right. Mm-hmm. That's just Google Google Maps. Yeah. So you do that, you're going to get who was in that area. You start to narrow your universe. And at the same time, you're doing the interviews. You're looking through the phones, obviously, and you're matching it up to the video. And you should really be able to narrow it down. And then not to be too sort of uh, spooky about it, but you're going to do the baggie itself for prints yep. and DNA it. Yes, DNA it. Get the DNA. It doesn't matter if it's not on file. Now you have the exemplar. Mm-hmm. And tell the people who work there, well, we're going we're gonna to swab you for DNA. Mm-hmm. You work in the White House. We're gonna, we want a voluntary swab out of you. Anybody who says no, I'm sorry, they go to the top of the list. Wow, good stuff. Paul Morrow is on the line, retired NYPD inspector. He writes at great length about this stuff at the opsdesk.org. OPSdesk.org. Great stuff going on there. Um, I'm fascinated because KJP said, you know, it's it's reckless of us to even ask this question at this point, which I kind of think is hilarious. But then the excuse she went on to give is that, well, you know, they weren't around, so it's not possible. It could have been the family. But we don't know that because we haven't seen any proof that it wasn't there before they left town. Isn't that kind of a dumb, you know, a dumb alibi? Yeah, of course it is. And you know, she's saying they weren't there Friday, they weren't there Saturday. Well, the new information is that they left Friday night. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we don't know when it was left there. It was yep. discovered by a Secret Service agent doing a quote-unquote routine sweep. Mm-hmm. So we don't know what was there before, when it got deposited there. But these are things that we should know. It's the White House, for God's sake. That's the and part you that's be able crazy. To, you know, that's of course. So you should be able to say, well, look, it's not on the video Saturday, and there it is on the video Sunday. Let's go through the entire video. And if this isn't genuinely a common area that the public has access to, mm-hmm. and it isn't completely covered by video, mm-hmm then that is a different problem and a major one. What if this, forget yeah. forget uh, even, you know, cocaine or even anthrax. Mm-hmm. What if it was a bug? Yeah. I mean, if it's that easy, you so know what get I mean? Something you know, in. All, all kinds of stuff you could do. So, and this just goes to the fact that they seem to be very unserious about these security issues. They don't even want to look at Hunter. You know, we were asked to believe mm-hmm. that Hunter's laptop was <laughs> this complicated Russian operation. Mm-hmm then why would we not believe the same Russians were not capable of running an operation on Hunter through one of his numerous Eastern European hookers yeah. that were in and out of his life constantly for years while he was the vice president's son and while his father was running for office? 
That's the oldest trick in the Russian book, a honeypot. Yeah. And it, to me, it's actually more likely that he's compromised than less. And it just goes to their unseriousness about looking into what Hunter might have brought on us all here. And uh, you know, their unseriousness, what seems to me, about this uh, cocaine investigation to the left, it's all a joke. Yeah, it is. It's really crazy. We're talking to Paul Morrow. Uh, opsdesk.org is the website. Always good read in the morning for me. And uh, it is. It's fascinating because the more you watch this family, I mean, the whole sale was they're going to restore, like, dignity and decorum to the White House. And we've really got, like, some Jerry Springer stuff going on. You know, like, even the, the story with the grandkids. So Hunter Biden's a guy who has an affair with his brother's widow, knocks up a stripper behind her back, and now they disavow the child. Is that not a pretty good Jerry Springer episode from the 80s or 90s? It really, we don't need Springer anymore, uh, yeah. you know, because we have the Biden family. <laughs> and, you know, if you notice lately, Every photo that's coming out mm-hmm. of Biden is him smiling ear to ear, holding a baby. Yeah, that baby has been welding to, welded to his arm like for the last what week, mm-hmm. two weeks. Yep, and this is all part of the enormous uh, charm offensive mm-hmm. to get him over the hump on this plea deal. Yes, and you know we're supposed to believe he's a family man now. Mm-hmm. They put out that meme that this is a father's love mm-hmm. and also this stuff. And, um, you know, we're supposed to believe now that, um, you know, these folks are the Waltons. And <laughs> it's just clearly, you know, it's it's all a sham. You can see it. He, he doesn't want to acknowledge one of the children that he has. Yeah. And remember something. The stakes are high for him because if this cocaine yes. were to come back to him, if they have to admit, yeah, look, it's Hunter's, what happens to his plea deal? Yep. You know, it's so funny, Paul. I was just going to ask you that. Like, would this uh, potentially upend the plea deal if that was the case? This would end. This would end the plea deal. We have a uh, uh, an incorrigible, a yep. guy that will have committed another crime while he has a pending plea deal. So that's really, really a risk to them, and they really have to spin against it. And as I said, as the narrative has become further and further away from them, uh-huh. you have to say to yourself. Is it legit? Yeah. Because at this point, can we believe anything this family's telling us? No, you can't. And and by the end of the day today, we're going to be found. Well, it wasn't the White House. It was the actually the Waffle House down the block. That is, <laughs> that's yeah, that's right. We're going to we're going to find out. Actually, it was in uh, Washington Square Park four in the morning. So. But this is like the, yeah, this is like the one on one though. Okay, come you know when you talk about your law enforcement background. Okay, when you're asking someone about a potential crime and their story changes three times during the interview, isn't that at that moment instinctively you guys know the purpose full of Jimmy, in law enforcement, we call it a clue. Mm -hmm. And if your person is all of a sudden saying one thing and then, oops, it's a different thing, you know, you have to start to say to yourself, there's something else going on here. Well, we are on to our third something else going on here as far as the White House. So I don't know. I got a pool, but my my betting pool has like some anonymous staffers about to get fired. That's what they're going to try to pin this to. There's no way we're getting a real answer. I think I think that's probably accurate. I think they've been beating the bushes here to try to figure out, or we're going to get, they've already floated as a trial balloon that mm-hmm. they don't know and yeah. that they're never going to be able to find out. And that for them may be the safest thing because if somebody close to them gets arrested now, you yeah. don't know what else they're going to give up out of revenge. <laughs> yeah, that's a great point, man. What a wild season of America, Paul Morrow. Uh, listen, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to join the circus. It's always fun. Thank <laughs> we'll you, do it again. Take care. The great Paul Morrow. We love him. Go to opsdesk.org. Check out his fabulous writing. Uh, Paul Morrow, his buddy Chris Flanagan, write great stuff. 
and it's you know they're always analyzing you know crime and punishment and everything in between and you know i will tell you there's a lot hanging in the balance because hunter does have a plea deal in place that's supposed to be solidified at the end of the month but if he's committed a crime in this case it would be a crime that can open up a whole nother can of worms so there's a reason as i said you don't have to be a cop okay you could be a parent okay when you're talking to your child and they change their story three times about something, okay, you realize you're being lied to. You realize there's a reason they're reconfiguring the story is because they don't want you getting too close to the truth because the truth doesn't reflect well on them. You've all been there as a kid, and you've all been there as a parent. Okay, as a kid, your parents, you know, you know, they're asking you a question and in your head, you're like, this could be a problem. So you try to move the conversation away from that question. You try to change the version of events, you know, on the other side of this, if you are the parent, okay, and you see the kid consistently changing the subject or changing the sub the narrative, you realize you're being lied to. The White House has given us three different locations. Okay, it is turned into a Dr. Seuss novel. Okay, they found the coke on a train, on a plane, on a boat with a goat. Okay, but the question is not where did you find it. The question is who did it belong to? And you'd be a lunatic if you believe whatever answer they're going to come up with after changing the story three times. The show's over. It's good to be back. We'll see you tomorrow. From the Fox News Podcasts Network, subscribe and listen to the Trey Gowdy Podcast. Former federal prosecutor and four-term U.S. congressman from South Carolina brings you a -a one-of-a-kind podcast. Subscribe and listen now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to the show ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.